This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I actually don't know people that get their face shoved into their mistakes and learn. What I do know is that children and people can learn when you hold their heart and when you let them hold yours. And it's a tough mission, but it's worth it. Welcome to Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan. I'm Dr. Dan. This show is about making the world a more loving, accepting, and compassionate place, one parent, one person, and one child at a time. The key to raising healthy and engaged kids is for us parents to seek the same in our own lives while striving to be the best versions of ourselves each day. No matter who you are or where you came from, With increased awareness, you can be purposeful about leaving a healthy footprint for your children, your family, and all those you care about while living your own life to the fullest. Today's show is so aligned with what we stand for and what we talk about, and this amazing individual lives this. Today's show is my everything, the parent I want to be, the children I hope to raise with Anat Natan. Anat is a parenting expert, public speaker, and best-selling author, certified by the Adler Institute and Ministry of Education for Parental Instruction and Group Instruction. She also holds a bachelor's degree in law from Tel Aviv University. In recent years, she has begun to work the experience, insights, and knowledge accumulated into a significant breadth of work in the media, including TV morning talk shows and radio, a hit podcast, and popular columns on major newspapers and websites. Her book, Haim Shelley, in Hebrew, meaning my life, was the national bestseller of the year across all categories in 2018 and is now recently published in North America under the name My Everything, The Parent I Want to Be, The Children I Hope to Raise. And guess what? It is now a number one international bestseller as it's been translated into several languages beyond English, Dutch, Russian, Korean, Croatian, Turkish, and more, and many more to come. And finally, Anat lives in Tel Aviv with her husband and five children, everyone. Five. Anat, welcome to the show. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. You know, j- j- just by your intro, I think I think we can put it as a part of my book, right? <laughs> yeah, it has it, this, it has the same music. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, I'm holding it here, everyone. Um, <laughs> it is a beautiful book that uh, I cannot recommend more strongly. Um, it is 
as all of the reviews say, I mean, it's not your typical parenting book. It is a honest memoir infused with soulful, honest, authentic parenting expertise, but I want to say human expertise of this journey we're all on as individuals becoming parents who are also children and trying to reconcile how to be all of those at the same time. I think this conversation is done. Let's just <laughs> drop the, drop the mic. The bit. We're done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you, you are so um, humble as you lay out your story as, as a daughter, your, your, your experience with your parents um, and how that has shaped you. Um, your experience um, with pregnancies, which um, I'll let you share as you feel um, you, you have had many and also yeah. produced many children. And also, again, the humility of it's not till the end of the book that I learn more. We learn more about your journeys as a parent of neurodiverse children as well. Just a little icing on the cake of the complexity <laughs> of, of, of parenting. Yeah, I guess that's the, I guess the biggest lesson for me anyway, um, having my firstborn diagnosed with autism uh, was that every child has special needs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what a better preparation or rehearsal for the ego or, you know, for the fantasy, mm -hmm. even, mm -hmm. you know, having children that will echo our greatness mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, encountering life <laughs> yes. and figuring out this journey. Uh, I think that he's probably one of my best teachers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, and how, and and how you articulated the the devastation or the immediate devastation of getting a label, um, or label or labels, and I've had that in my life as a parent as well, and that feeling as well, and the process of coming to realize your child is the same child that you always knew with with or without the label it's the same child and that label does say some things to explain some things but in the end it's your same child and you have to follow your parental instincts in terms of how to nurture this particular human i think that for me it was at least at the beginning of the journey it was the opposite of my parental instinct Mm -hmm. Seriously, because if, if I would have gone, you know, with my instincts, quote unquote, I guess that it would have gone sideways in the matter mm -hmm. of, you know, just not having him meet any frustrations or protecting him from the world. And... Mm -hmm. I guess I'm lucky that I figured out 
quite quickly that the best version of me for him is going to be a long journey by itself. It's mm -hmm. this dialogue, you know, the inner dialogue of the parent and trying to figure out how the choreography of this dance is going to look like for today mm -hmm. and next week. And, you know, mm -hmm. just as we go along. Well, and the challenge of the challenge of trusting one's instincts and also listening to professionals, because as you explained, and which is so common, um, particularly within the intervention, um, what is considered often um, best practices, common practices for autism is a very behavioral approach with lots of different types of therapies. And that does work for yeah. some kids it on the spectrum. And it doesn't work for many, right? And you knew that. And that takes courage to say to these people who are experts that, no, no, we're going to do something different. Yeah, I think that was the instinct that kept me safe. And when I was safe, I could be a better version of myself for him. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. so, so for that matter, yeah, the instinct was there and it was quite clear from the beginning, you know, of just experimenting with everything the world has to give you in terms of, you know, how to manage it's, it's, it's a, I think it's, it's the equivalent of two careers having, mm. you know, this time frame of a child who's young enough to for you as a parent to to help him you know mm -hmm. learn and uh maturate and then with this time frame just you know trying to keep it cool and being in connection with all these parts you know the part that's Mine, that's mourning the loss of the fantasy, the part of me being a parent to a firstborn after I've waited so many years to mm -hmm. being a mother. It was like, mm -hmm. you know, it was like candid camera. It was like someone was playing a joke. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and, and the part of, you know, figuring it, it out with my partner, with my husband, mm -hmm. um, who was in complete denial. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, the, the journey with him. Right. Right. It's, um, the word I, th I was thinking of as I was reading your book, um, was the acknowledgement of messy, like life is messy. Life is like the, the embrace, embracing messiness. And I wanted to share with you because I was thinking of, I've, there is a, um, in Northern California, an Israeli psychologist who's 
I've learned from for years, um, Ofer, Dr. Oferzur. And he has um, lots of trainings that he puts on, um, but he used to do most of them himself when I was an early psychologist. So, you know, 20, 20, 25 years ago. And I'll never forget, it was a course on ethics, uh, training on ethics. And he said, you know, I think it's easier for me as an Israeli to talk about ethics because Israelis know that life is messy, that things happen and things don't always work out the way they're supposed to. At any given moment, life can change. And he said, and you Americans, you like everything really clean and nice and in a box. And it doesn't work that way. And it, again, it, like, it, it has stuck with me and reading your book um, and the Israeli connection. And I just heard, I just, I, I heard mm -hmm. that. I felt that. I was wondering, is that your experience to some degree? I, I'm going to talk now as a mom. I think that one of my goals as a mother to five children uh, is to have them uh, develop in the way that they are able to spot and communicate and feel all the messiness that we carry inside. I think that when you really raise people, and, and you can't do it without being that creature yourself, right? right. We all know right. that. But when you, when you look or dive into this mission, of not seeing the world in black or white, mm -hmm. of having, you know, all shades of gray in, 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 in the thought process, in, you know, taking accountability, in knowing what you feel, in being able to live with contradiction. Yeah emotions and and that's the definition that's the definition of mess right mm -hmm. yeah and I think that for us for me as a mother to 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 raise resilient kids is is exactly that mm -hmm. is the ability to check in with yourself and look at the messy corners and embrace the messiness of every moment in life and mm -hmm. to be able to communicate it mm -hmm. because we're social creatures and we always, always need the help of other people. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, this is one of the top missions. And I think, you know, I was thinking about it just last week that, that people don't, you know, we as adults, we sit in restaurants or we do meetings or 
we talk with friends and we don't we don't talk about the messiness mm-hmm. and that's the most interesting thing in life oh my god it's 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 this is the part where I want to stay in the conversation. This is the part mm-hmm. where I feel significant. This is the part where I feel authentic and I feel close to someone. This is the part where I feel closer to myself. And we live in this world where now I'm going to be a counselor for a second, where I meet young parents every day. And, you know, they want a recipe or they want, you know, they want to know what to do when a child is acting like this or exactly what words to say when something happens. And Mm -hmm. these type of questions, You know, it's a compass for, because when the conversation deepens and and I begin to ask them, because there's no recipe, right? Right, right. Where does it meet you? How do you feel? What, let's zoom out. They can't speak it. Mm -hmm. There's a new generation that is talking in bumper stickers that is, you know, maybe it's social media, maybe it's, you know, yeah. like the true yeah. and honest conversa- conversations that we as adults are, you know, c- courageous enough to talk with ourselves and with our partners and with our friends and they're gone. Yeah. Where do they go? I I don't know if we can blame it all on social media, but I do feel, you know, as you allude to in the book, like all the images and uh, and uh, whether you're a teen or an adult of like how your life is supposed to look and and it's really this um, it's a it's a um, a pull towards perfection at the expense of authenticity of realness and of probably true honesty. So I do think it's harder to sit down and to find the people that you can feel close enough or trust enough to but the tell paradox the is truth. That, but the paradox is that everyone wants to be happy, right? We have mm-hmm. so many books. We have yes. so many. We want to raise happy children. How do mm-hmm. you raise happy children? Mm-hmm. How can you raise happy children if, if you're... <laughs> If you're attached so much to the idea of your perfect picture, it doesn't matter if it's your perfect picture as, you know, what people think about you or what you think about yourself or professionally or career wise or in the parenting area or even, you know, when we fight with each other, Mm -hmm. my husband and I. Yeah. Or when my children fight, I, I, I want to raise children that w- won't be alarmed when they feel negative emotions, when they fight with loved ones, when they will have 
to explain without pointing a finger when they will, I, I think that's happiness being able Mm. to talk with yourself, to ask yourself, how are you doing? You know, Mm. Mm. and, and, and to check that out. And then maybe you can ask with a different music, with a different look in your eyes, Dan, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, children are, they have this seismograph. Mm, they do. You know, when they ask them, when you ask them, how was your day? They can take out the fun card or the great or everything's fine or, but when you lean in, in the right moment, you know, not facing them in the back of the car or doing Something, meanwhile, when you sit by their bed, no matter how old they are, by the way, mm-hmm. and, and you say, no, really, how are you? Mm-hmm. This and, is for me the yeah. key to, yeah. to happiness. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, one of your last chapters uh, titled, Yes, My Love, is a lot about, you know, wrapped up in what you just said, right? To actually, mom, yes, my love, like to be there present as much as possible. And everyone who's listening, the other reason you're going to love, fall in love with Anat when you read her book is she is so non-perfectionistic and she is so (laughs) open with her toughest and darkest moments. And when she would not give herself an A, for the the exchange, um, it's just it's so real, and and how hard it is because of I think all the noise, all the chatter, all the busyness, all the fear, which I want to talk about the parental fear, to just look at your child and say, "Yes, my love," and be focused on them without all of that other stuff. It's not easy to do. No, it's not. But I think that it's important for me that the message, the message that will come across would not be the expectation of every parent, you know, whenever they get a call or whenever they're in the, in the present of their children to be the yes, my love kind of parent. It begins with, with our ability to, you know, to be compassionate about our oxygen mask or, you know, our messiness. And mm-hmm. just, just when we are able to do that, I think that this is the exact thing that allows us the mechanism of leaning in and you know, cherishing the small moments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just, just deciding I want to be that person in that child's life. I want that child to say when he's 40 or 35, I grew up in a home that always saw 
my strength, always believed in my powers, even when I didn't, that I could, you know, pick up the phone or come back from the battle in the jungle outside, mm -hmm. make mistakes and get that positive narrator mm -hmm. inside my ears. It doesn't have to be words, you know, right. it doesn't have to be words. It's a state of mind that makes parenting so much easier because mm -hmm. we're so distracted with what to do and what to say and what to, that mm -hmm. we forgot, you know, the basics of, of love. Mm -hmm. I, if I were to distill a few themes, there are many, um, one is connection, each connecting with your child, um, with that loving relationship. And the other, another theme that spoke to me was encouragement. And, um, one of the things that I loved and many loved about your book is that it's not jargony. It's not about do this, do this, do this, do this. This is called, this is called this. The one term I, you allude to is positive parenting and you just use the word positive. So I thought of it. Um, and other than that, it's really about being honest with yourself <laughs> Like you said, the oxygen, like where, who, who am I in this moment and what's coming into this moment and putting my fears aside to be, to listen to my child, to affirm my child, to encourage my child and ultimately to be honest and honest human with my child, to teach them how to be an honest human. Yeah, but sometimes I guess you'll agree. I wonder what you have to say. Sometimes the first battle or the first fight is the fight that we need to engage with our autopilot, right? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. we tend to give or to hear much louder criticism or to see what doesn't work or to think by mistake that, our job is to correct and to reprimand and mm -hmm. to be these people, you know, everyone's talking about authority or about boundaries or about, you know, the, the, the parental front or even the vocabulary of war, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not about that. It, it's about taking a brave decision every day. For me, it's every day because I grew up differently. So we're fighting also with, you know, the, the footprint of our parents. Yes. So it's, it's, it's taking that decision every day, waking up and saying to yourself, This is not how it's supposed to be. N no one. Uh, I actually don't know people that, you know, get their face shoved into their mistakes. Mm 
and learn. <laughs> right. What I do know is that children and people can learn when you when you hold their heart and right. when you right. let them hold yours. And right. and it's a tough mission, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. You, in your own way, take, uh, you not take on, but take a different, obviously, approach with positive parenting to the uh, authoritarian parent that many have grown up with um, based on generation and based on culture and an intersection of both. It still goes on today. And we know from the research over and over and over, what kids do learn is if it works, quote, works, you learn to be compliant and fearful and not trust yourself to be over over generalized there right like you do learn something but you don't necessarily learn that um that feeling of security that feeling of um safety that that resilience that you talk about in terms of i can i can speak my mind and i can show my emotion and it's going to be okay Right. And, and through a relationship, which doesn't always go, is not always tranquil or harmonious with the parent and child, but through that messy relationship and those discussions where sometimes it goes well and other times it doesn't go well and we need to regroup, but that's where the, that's where it is. That's where life is. And as you say, like, that's where the opportunity for happiness comes from these real this real living, like this, the realness of it all. Totally. And I think that what you said about, you know, some of these methods work and they, they do learn things. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure because it's not only the house being a safe place. It's not only that it's the, it, it's, I guess I would call it the inner um, equation of, you know, being authentic mm-hmm. and allowing all these voices and emotions and regrets and, you know, doing it over and over and over again with yourself, with others and, you know, giving yourself a break and giving mm-hmm. others break and mm-hmm. compassion. And it all comes with the ability to, to, to be authentic. And I mm-hmm. think that, we as parents, you know, we were truly, we were willing to do everything for our children, right? Except to accept them for who they are. (laughs) So we get all these, you know, boxes, small boxes of surprises or chocolates or whatever. And we try to mold them into some, something, I don't know what. And we miss out 
on the agric agriculture is that the right word mm. of love of mm. of of you know of seeing this thing grow and we all know that as a parents you can you can put in the ground in the soil you you can you can put in carrot seeds and you will never see carrots you will see peas or you will see you know something with a throne or or whatever mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, being that person that is committed to having mm -hmm. sprinkles, to, <laughs> to check, you know, yourself and them for, for this, you know, enabling environment of being authentic on one side and you know, being able to, 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 to function or to have motivation in this world, because I'm, I'm not disconnected. We're raising children in a, you know, super hard and, you know, judging and successful and whatever world. Mm -hmm. And we all want, you know, the number one, trophy or horse or race horse or whatever it is mm -hmm. we want it for them do we mm -hmm. <laughs> do we right do we is right. that happiness they're not well, our business card they're not our social no, media yeah. card they're not yeah. mm -hmm. i think that's the thing one of the other things that really hit home as you as you write about um our kids are not our calling cards or our business cards. And yet it does seem like there is this strong connection with our perception of if my kids are doing well, then I'm good at, I'm a good parent. And if my kids are struggling, um, this is a bad, this is not a good reflection on me. And hmm. wow. I mean, to, to, to separate from that, it takes, I do think it takes a lot of awareness and courage to separate from that. And your example with your, um, maybe your second son, um, who is a very bright, a very bright mathematician with some other uh, neurodiverse learning challenges. And you say, you know, he might not pass this grade or graduate, but I'm certain he's going to be an awesome, he's an awesome human being <laughs> because that we, I, we choose to focus on these things and we choose not to focus on fights over tutoring and fights over academics and fights over grades. And, and, and by choosing, not acquiescing, but by choosing, you have confidence in the person he's becoming. And it's not a reflection on you. Definitely. And I think it's, it's a, it's a problematic sentence, right? Because, you know, I see children of others all the time, you know, friends of my children, and we all fall or go down this road of, you know, looking at a child and saying, show me the parents. I get everything. You know, it's the child is stepping out of this house. No wonder that he's behaving like, you know, we all go there, but I think that the punch or the, 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 the thing is 
that when we let this go, the need of them to represent us or to echo our greatness or whatever it is, when we let that go and when we focus on parenting, you know, on being there for them, on making these hard decisions because you don't have a sliding door. You can do it twice. And when we focus on that, eventually they do make a really nice business card or calling <laughs> card. So it's, it's kind of saying this and then saying the opposite. Mm. And I think that with, you were mentioning my second child, he, he, of course, he was born two years after my firstborn, which was diagnosed with autism. And for the beginning of, you know, when he was a toddler, we were, you know, oh my God, this is how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, he was perfect. He was the perfect, I can't describe the experience in words. And when he began elementary school and the teachers began to, you know, say maybe you should get him diagnosed, he's having a hard time. And and I was protecting that, you know, I was... I was I was saying to myself, no, it's not happening. It's not happening. You're mm-hmm. missing. He's perfect. <laughs> please, please don't touch my perfect child. And it was just when he began, you know, having a hard time going to school or being sad or not mm-hmm. being, you know, this amazing ball of fire and love for life that he was when I checked and you know I said again it's not about you you take that child and you figure it out we'll figure it out Mm -hmm. and when we got that, you know, folder or of, you know, all the learning disabilities or whatever you call it today, I don't want to offend anyone. Yes. Um, I drew from the memory, from my memory, a scene of he was, I think, four and he was playing in the kitchen with, uh, you know, plastics. And he was holding a big strainer. I was doing something in the kitchen, you know, as mothers do. And he was saying, Mommy, do you know how many holes the strainer has? It was a really large one, by the way. And I stopped, you know, cutting the salad or whatever I was doing. And I said, how many? darling. And he said a very large number for a four-year-old to say. He said 372 holes. <laughs> and I was saying, oh my God, how do you know such a big number? How can you say such a big number? Wow, you're so whatever, smart. After they went to sleep, I... <laughs> you counted. I, I asked about... <laughs> <laughs> I told him, do me a favor. 
please, please don't laugh at me. Just, just tell me how many holes are in the strainer. And he counted. And the legend, my legend, said that there were 370, 372 And I'm asking him, what do you say that will get you a, a, a private teacher that will help with this talent of yours? And, you know, he has, I remember, he has that big smile with his blue eyes and he nods and says yes. And then comes David, which plays balls with him and talks numbers and you know they 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 look at trees and they talk about numbers and slowly the happiness returns and he's going better to school and you know when he comes home and says mom i i i, I didn't forget my literature book And I know he forgot eight others, you know? Right, right. And I, and, and I choose to fight these eight others that I know. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm really getting excited about this one book. And I'm saying to him, if, if, you can, if you can tell to yourself, and then maybe to me, how you, how, how you manage to remember this one book maybe next week you'll remember too. And I'm not talking about the, the eight. Mm -hmm. So it's slow steps of, you know, this is, this is encouragement by the way. Yes. Because it's, it's, you know, right. Well, it's strength based and not it's, it's so strength based because so many of us in that same situation would say, okay, it's okay, honey, we are going to get you a reading tutor and a writing tutor. And you, his joy came back when you introduced someone to enhance his natural talents and interest. You know what right? he does today? Huh. Uh, he's 20 years old. Of course, he started his degree in university in math when he was 16. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was struggling with all the others and even with math because it never, you know, his results were never the same as his talent. Mm -hmm. But he chose to take one morning a week and to teach math in the elementary school that he went to 
mm. to children that struggle. And these 10 children are waiting for him every Wednesday morning. Mm. So who is helping who? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I have a big, a big question for you. Two, actually two big questions, even before the parent footprint moment question. Who is the parent you want to be? <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that there is, you know, one big answer. I think that the parent I want to be is, is, you know, staying curious and deciding, you know, every moment who is the parent I want to be and having, you know, compassion to myself when I'm not this parent mm -hmm. and just having the privilege of, of being I think, mm. I think my answer is, I want to be, I want to mm. be with my children. I don't want to take them places. I don't want them to accumulate, you know, these memories of trips or, you know, things that they buy. I, I, I want to get bored with them. Mm. I want to, I want to do nothing with them. I just want to be. That's the mm. parent I want to be. Ah, oh, hear that, everyone? <laughs> just be. And who are the children you hope to raise? <laughs> the, I think that the people they choose to become. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that I'm raising the, these people. And there are days that, you know, I use my humor to look at this, you know, house of messiness and disappointment. And, you know, is, is, is this the teenage girl you hope to raise? Are these the children? Hell no, <laughs> but hell yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't check with this pulse every second. I think the recipe is that when we choose to be, when we stop being these people that, you know, need to get somewhere or to get something done or, you know, when we stop this race inside us and, you know, between us and them, it begins, it, 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 it it's much easier. Mm-hmm who they choose to become and us having as parents the wisdom and awareness and fallibleness 
and mistakes to do our best to raise them in a way where they can become who they are to become. Yeah. And I don't believe, you know, that I'm raising snowflakes and, or, and, mm-hmm. and they're so special and they're going to change the world. I think mm-hmm. that if, if they have a sense of agency of being mm-hmm. able to change their world, mm-hmm. wow, I've done yeah. my share. I've done my share. And that feels a little more palatable and uh, doable to think about raising a child to be able to impact their world as opposed to the entire world. And um, you have repeated messages in your words and in the book about us just being human and us um, giving ourselves a break and allowing ourselves to be the child with the adult parents or mourning the loss of our parents who aren't with us at the same time we're trying to be an adult and be ourselves (laughs) while raising one child up to many children in a much more complex world, as you write, than you and I were raised in. You know, sometimes I wonder. Hmm. I I wonder about, you know, the simplicity, so-called, that, you know, parenting, you, you know, our grandmothers, they didn't need to take classes or, <laughs> you know, read books. Mm-hmm. And... Even raising children with, with a, within a tribe or a village, it, it, the cliche is right, right? It takes a village. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. didn't read bi- books because there was the wise grandmother or there was, you know, the neighbors or the community. We don't know our neighbors. We just, you know, expect ourselves Two people inside, uh, if we're successful, uh, a place of our own, Mm -hmm. the walls of our house, to figure it out and to excel in this mission and to have all these balls in the air and to have a career, both sides, and equality. You know, fathers are players. And wow, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot. Yeah. And then having all these experts, you know, talking from a pedestal and m- making you feel like there was either something wrong with you or your children. Yeah. It's, it's, a, you know, it's a kind of, I think that my mission is, is to be in the trenches with them mm-hmm. and not act out as if I were in the trenches. It's, it's yeah. having that honesty or 
authenticity or I, I don't know how you call it mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to talk the messiness and the struggles mm-hmm. of being a parent and still, you know, give accessible information or, you know, at least put a question mark Mm-hmm. Or three dots after a sentence. They all talk with explanation marks. It's it's everything mm-hmm. is, is too clear. Right. Too clear and simple. Uh, as a psychologist, before I had children, I'd, I always tell people my job was felt way easier because I had all the answers and I just needed to tell parents what to do and how to behave. And then these certain behaviors would happen or not happen. It just felt so simple (laughs) and it's not accurate, of course. And then you have your own people that come out into the world and you realize, Oh my God, there is so much at play here that I have so little control over or influence on and this is a whole nother ball game in reality wow wow and you know at the end of the day we we do have influence we have so much influence and we have a different kind of control than you know mm-hmm. the control of the anxiety or the control of the fantasy of raising people that will just do what I say mm-hmm. is it, it's, it's, it's so important, you know, not to go down this road of, you know, hell, we don't have, you know, control over anything or we do. I believe that we do. It's just sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the opposite, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you know when, when you have a toddler who's walking for the first time with a glass of water mm-hmm. and he insists on doing that and, you know, you're, you're not breathing until he gets with this glass to the next stop and suddenly the glass spills. The first thing, the autopilot, the first thought will be, I knew it, right? Mm -hmm. And when we have a child that comes home with an A in math test, the first thought or sentence that comes to mind is, I can't believe it. And it's supposed to be the opposite, doesn't it? (laughs) It's supposed to be, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be, you know, not I knew it when the glass spills. And I think that's the, that's the new control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So much more to talk about. <laughs> However, it is time. I just no. had, I had five questions going through my head oh all at once. God. And I'm like looking at our believe- time. It's late wow. in Tel Aviv and you're so kind wow. to spend the evening, your evening with us. Tell I can us, tell okay. you, by the way, from the future, that's a, it's a nice day. <laughs> it's Greetings be a from day. the future. Yeah. It's going to be a lovely day. Yeah. 
<laughs> which you say with a lovely smile. All right, I, I'm looking forward to my day, which is just getting going. And uh, I would love if you would share your parent footprint moment with us. Are you ready? Don't make that go. introduction Here we because go. you know. <laughs> you got this. You got this. So let me ask. Let me let me ask you the can, question for you to ponder. You say, okay. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like yes, a child. Go ahead. Go the ahead. parents, yes. you know, tells him when you tell him you, you need to pick pick the the red glass or the blue glass. <laughs> yeah. Which one yeah. do you want? Well, I want them both, or <laughs> the third one. Right? Yes. yes. That's the first lesson in control. Exactly. Go ahead. Okay. Tell us about a time that you became aware of yourself as an individual or an awareness of your children as a parent, or you had an awareness of your own parents. And that new awareness of yourself in any of these capacities, that new awareness had a positive impact on your life, your kids, and or those you love? Hmm. And I have to pick one? Okay. No, you don't have to. You don't have I'll, I'll, I'll say. I'll say a couple of thoughts that comes to mind. I think the first one would be having this <clears throat> amazing enlightening of being a parent to myself. You know, in this sliding door of life, when I parent or when I'm in control or when I am this version in moments, in time, for my children, I get the sense of all this inner child inside of me, getting to experience me as a parent, getting to experience It's, I, I think that it's, it even reflects on memories. So this opportunity of having a second go, hmm. instead of being a victim or instead of, you know, trying to figure out why I'm so critical or perfectionist or, you know, all all the struggles that we have in life, mm -hmm. just, you know, having this, having yourself being devoted to being a parent for them and, and taking a big inhale and saying, you know, after a good talk or after an apology, or after, you know, this privilege of, I remember then 
when my first book came out, you know, I, I had a, a, an active clinic for years and I was in love with my profession and I was talking about it. And my father is so close to me and I never, I never heard the words, I'm proud of you. Mm. And when this first book became this phenomenal, I don't know until today how it happened, like bestseller across all genres and, you know, and I began to get that media attention and he began to, you know, have his friends talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think there was a moment where, when he said, I'm so proud of you. And I felt rage. Mm. Because I have the privilege of being a mother to five imperfect children and to tell them how much I'm proud of them. And it doesn't have to be a bestseller Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be in the media and it doesn't, you know, it's, I'm proud of them Mm -hmm. in this, these tiny moments in time, you know, for, for, for them being them or for them overcoming something that nobody in the world cares about. And it's just one example, you know? Yeah. And I think that through that, I was holding myself as a child as well. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I was, I was having this correction with this inner critic or, you know, inner voice. Mm-hmm. And I think mm. the second one, I'll make it short. Don't worry because I have, you know, 31 we can go on and on. <laughs> but if I have to choose, I think that the thought of the house, my house, you know, a house is, is a physical thing. Mm-hmm. You, you see the, the walls and you enter a house and you know something about it. There's something in the air, in the atmosphere, I can look at the small window of, I don't know what it is, your clinic or your, and I, 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 I know something about you. Mm-hmm. And the thought that I had that if the walls of my house could talk and write the story of my family, of our family, what would they write? You know, what are these tiny atoms that you can't even describe in words that are not, you know, an educating method or that are 
mess and humors mm-hmm. and you know loving to eat together and you know talking about everything even when it sucks and it's and I started to think you know what would the diary of the the walls would mm-hmm. be and it had that it had that effect mm-hmm. it had a, an effect on me you know remembering or even looking at the walls sometimes when i'm down when i'm not this house that i like don't write this in your diction don't don't and and then you know getting a grip and making it all half work together mm-hmm. or making a joke over it not working or, you know. Yeah. So this would be my second mm. one. So much in those, so much in those, the complexity and yet the simplicity and the realness of it all and um, the quest for authenticity um, to, to be just to be in these moments and to, I also, we need to add the, to be, to be proud, to be proud of our kids for who they are, not what they do and achieve, but just who they are. Yeah, it's not a dictionary proud, by the way. It's it, mm-hmm. they, We need a word for that. Hmm. Right? Is there a word okay. in English for that? Um, I do. I'm going to think on that because yeah. I always use proud as well, but I understand there's... Um, that's a delicate word when used. It's not you know, a trophy you, proud. Yeah, it's not a trophy proud, right? Yeah. It's... Um, um, I, I could do it with my hand here, like hand over heart, like patting my heart. It's like when you just are trying to convey this feeling of. Yeah, mm, exactly. Yeah. All right. We're going to work on that word. <laughs> maybe, maybe it, do you have one in Hebrew? No. Okay. We'll collaborate on a new word. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And not. Thank you so much. Can I thank you so much for this safe space and for, for the way that you nod and you listen and for the words that, you know, reflect in your eyes and I could, I could go on for hours Hmm. And it's it's so not taking for granted. It's hmm. it's such a gift. Hmm. So th- thank you for that. Hmm. Well, thank you for your words. And um, you know, I was fortunate for you to have sent me your book um, a while back, and I've just been, you know, in it and waiting for this conversation, and felt like many that I, I, I knew you from reading your book and, um, 
you are everything that is in your book and um and more when getting when one gets to experience you in um in real time and amazingly from across across the world and still it can be such an intimate uh connection uh yeah so thank thank you it's it's it's, wow it's so overwhelming let everyone know there's so much. I mean, there you have your website with and um, a lot of your media and your videos and you have books. It, people can get this. They can have 10 copies in 10 different languages. Where where, where should people look to find your Oh my God, I'm, I'm so bad at these things. I think that, I think that in the website of the book. Yeah. I believe website. in people. Yeah, <laughs> they'll they find it. Find something. They'll find yeah. it. I'm out they'll there, find people. It, Just everyone. find you'll, me. You'll see this. Um, find her by her name. Find her by her book. I'm holding it. My everything. The parent I want to be. The children I hope to raise. By Inat Natan. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dan. Such an honor. Thank you. Community, thank you for listening. I know you're going to share this with everyone you know, because what an awesome conversation with wisdom, with so much wisdom and authenticity and integrity. You know what I'm going to ask you to do. Do your best to be that person you want your child to become and ask yourself the guiding question I ask myself each day. What footprint do you want to leave? This has been a Peters and Rossi production. Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan is produced by Laura Rossi. Our engineer is Phil Rossi. Theme music is Strummerman, composed and performed by ProTunes. Artwork is by Garrett Ross. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Parent Footprint Podcast, and on Twitter at Dr. Dan Peters. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Follow Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show.